guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Oxford Holy Club podcast. We're glad that you are joining us again. We know your podcast of choice. Are there any other podcasts that you listen to or is it just us? Be honest. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, we're joined by Andrew Barker. The reason I, I uh, just kind of quickly said his name there was I was hearing a bunch of moving of what I think is a microphone or something was happening. What's going on on your on your side of the world? Not much. Just hanging out. Well, Andrew, glad that you're back with us again. If you recall, Andrew was with us in some previous episodes from Big Lake Camp and, and another episode. And Andrew, you were also on the episode... Uh, where we had that round table questionnaire thing, eating hot stuff. Have you eaten anything that hot lately? Uh, just supper. I mean, I pretty much put hot sauce on pretty much everything. So, hmm. uh, but not not anything as hot as what it was at the round table discussion. Although, mind you, I didn't find that all that hot. Everybody else at the table seemed to, though. Yes, I I do recall that you were just kind of taking that in without really giving any kind of signs of weakness did let i mean this wasn't on the agenda but let's get real for a second can we preacher to preacher here can we do one of those sure bring it on <laughs> when you were sitting around did did you have a mentality of i've got to be i've, I've got to beat these guys you know not really i i actually expected um that i'd be able to go along with what the rest of you guys were doing and i can't remember. I think it was uh, Pastor Mark who ate first, so I was expecting that I'd have a similar reaction. So I, I kind of played it up the first time, and then just kind of figured out, you know what, this isn't me. So I just went with it. You, it, it just blew my mind because we were getting so many different reactions from people, and you know, I thought it was hot, and like I wasn't just messing around. You know, as I was jumping around, it was stinking hot. But you would take the bite, and you'd just sit there. You'd show it. You'd stick your tongue out and show everybody what's on your tongue, and then you'd just take it. Yeah, no. My stomach wasn't too happy with me afterwards, but the, the heat was okay. Oh, my goodness. I don't think any – you know, um, I'm still – that hot sauce that we had back then, I'm still using uh, today. <laughs> I actually used it today. I'm, I, I'm putting it on popcorn. That's my new thing. I, uh, <laughs> and, and then I feed it to a bunch of teenagers, and they seem to enjoy it. Uh, it's dear. a challenge. Yeah, I'm just looking to see uh, episode 13. It was episode 13, Retreat, Trivia, and Hot Sauce. So, listener, go back and have a listen to that if you like. A little bit of a different episode. I'm, I'm not proud of my performance, though, there. I, I got too many wrong. And, uh, yeah. we, listen, we all did. We all did. It's like, when, it's like when you know all the answers, but then you go on Jeopardy, and you're just like, when you're sitting in, in your living room, you, you, just, you can figure it out like, Nobody's business, but man, if you're if you're putting putting on the spot, it's it's tougher. Well, there's pressure. That's the difference. Really, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the questions that we're going to be answering today, Andrew, there is no pressure. Um, well, that depends, I suppose. The you know Yahoo Answers is a um, just a, a huge well of of questions that people are are asking and and this is one that I pulled that I thought we could have some fun with. It says this. It's more well no I guess it's a statement and a question. It says my wife changed her Facebook 
<laughs> I just said Facebook. My wife changed her Facebook status from married to widowed. Should I be worried? Uh, we've got a situation happening here, Andrew. Uh, I would like to think that that was a mistake, but I don't know if you'd want to risk even asking that question. Just in case there is a a purposeful reason for that switch. Yeah, I th- I'd be a little worried. I'd be a little worried. I thought kind of the same thing as you. Like maybe, you know, maybe they were messing around with their, you know, their status. Um, I I don't like I have a personal Facebook account, but I never use it. The only reason I have it is to share pictures of my kids with my family, which I don't do. I do that through um, through my phone. Um and just to have the like the tag, you know, Brad Siliker is married to Mandy Siliker. But I, I've never had the what? When I read this question, I'm like, well, I wonder if they clicked it something by accident. But I did not want to open mine to look at the different options just in case I click something by mistake. You know, like going from married to it's complicated. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things where until it's on Facebook, it's not Facebook official. So I'm sure if you made the mistake... Uh, people would catch on pretty quickly, and you'd be hearing about it in text messaging, and and Mandy would be hearing all about it. What's going on with you? Is Brad okay? Are you okay? So it's probably smart you didn't. It's amazing to me, well, and you make a good point that that if something like that were to happen, people that you know that pay attention to to Facebook, they would pick up on that and they start asking questions like, "Is everybody okay? What happened?" Yeah, it's amazing to me that this person is reaching out to Yahoo Answers. Did, did nobody notice or reach out to him, I wonder, to just to say, yeah. hey, or, or even to the wife go, oh, sorry about your husband. You've got to go ahead. See, this is what I find with a lot of these Yahoo questions and answers is it, it always brings out more questions. They're not one and done. Yes, no questions. There's there's a lot of backstory that's needed. So this person is wondering if they should be worried. At first, I thought, well, duh, you should be worried because your wife maybe is about to, you know, off you. But maybe the real worry is maybe you don't have any friends that cared enough to ask. Ouch. Is, is but that, yeah, maybe. Is, is that wrong to say? Wrong? No. Hurtful? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know this person, and I suspect this question is just in jest. But it makes you wonder about the friend circle, that if someone wrote this and nobody, nobody checked in on you, they're probably not going to check. If you're the dead person, they're not going to check in on you. But I'm, you're right. It, 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 leaves you, it leaves you wanting more. I just want to know more. Well, yeah, no. And if you, if you are the person, the listener here, that uh, did write this question and somehow is, perchance came to this wonderful podcast, Jesus loves you. There you He's go. He's your friend. Yep. So. <laughs> and that's not complicated. Nope. <laughs> not even a little bit. Okay, well, let's just, Andrew, we're, we're just under eight minutes in on one question. So why This happens. Why don't we one and done this? My wife, not mine, this person, changed her Facebook status from married to widowed. Should I be worried? I would be a little worried for multiple different reasons. Agreed. I think that we've kind of hit on a couple of them, but yes, you should definitely be worried. I would probably not go to sleep again mm-hmm. at all. All right. 
there you go. Also, maybe call your friends and say, hey, how come you're not checking up on me? Just a thought. See, it's also why it pays to have friends outside of Facebook. Oh, wait. It, do those do those still exist? I know a few. Huh? How do you how do you keep in contact with them? Facebook. <laughs> wait. <laughs> that, okay. You know, you can interact. You know, you have your work friends, but really, yeah, text messaging. It's sad. I, I prefer I prefer the face to face kind of being able to talk and hang out but uh i have far more friends on facebook than i have face to face uh well i hear that i i understand that um we're going to move on from this question and we're going to go into uh, a listener question and and this question we've kind of touched on before uh but i see this popping up a lot so i thought we'd bring it uh to the podcast to have some conversation on the question is this how do you know when you are believing a lie from the enemy or if it's God telling you to change or do something? So this person's looking to f- trying to find clarity on, you know, they believe that someone, something is telling them to do something and they're trying to figure out how do you know if it's, you know, the enemy, Satan or, you know, uh, um, evil influence and stuff like that. Or uh, is it God telling you to change or do something? Andrew, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, kind of like the Yahoo question. There's, there's kind of other questions and some background that I, that I would probably ask, but, uh, one of my first things would be taking, taking these matters into prayer, you know, asking, um, of whatever this direction is that they're feeling is, is it scriptural? Is it, uh, something that's beneficial to your relationship? with God or with, with, you know, your spiritual journey with him. I mean, these are kind of the preliminary questions that I have whenever I, you know, I'm facing decisions is kind of weighing out and, and asking, you know, what's kind of what's going to happen here and, and why am I feeling how I'm feeling and, you know, kind of what's the pros and cons, so to speak, but Really, yeah, it's take it to prayer. And, you know, is it something that's contrary to Scripture? Um, you know, why do I feel uneasy about this? If, you know, why am I asking the question in the first place? I mean, these are things that I, I kind of would talk to God about. and I would pray for a bit of clarity. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think you're right. You make a really good point, Andrew, in, in, in that, you know, God gave us his word and, and we can take these thoughts or we can take these things that we're, that we're hearing or sensing, we can take them to scripture and see how they line up, you know, because mm-hmm. if it's something that's contrary, if it's something that, you know, if, if you're, if you're being, if you're hearing a voice that's saying, no, it's okay for you to steal this, or it's okay for you to take that from this person, you know, you deserve that. Well, if you take that to the Bible, that idea and, and look and see what does Jesus say about this type of thing, you know, and and don't just pick one specific place. Look all throughout the Bible and see what the whole thing together says. That might sound like a lot of work, but it's a little bit easier than you might think. Um, and see what the Bible says about that. And if it says something, you know, if, it's, if it says that you shouldn't do that, well, then, then that's clearly not God telling you to do that thing. Um, be, because he will not, you know, he'll not tell us to do something that's contrary uh, or opposed to what we see in the Bible. That's just that's not in his nature, Andrew. Would I be right to say that? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you with that. 
And it's just the the fact that that this person's mentioned, you know, is it the enemy trying to to trick um, trick you? Also, kind of gives me a vibe that uh, there's there's some confusion into this matter. Like we really don't know what it is that that they're asking or or what kind of what direction they're looking for. Because I mean, if it's something like say you got accepted into two different colleges or universities. I mean, I don't know if if that would be a temptation from Satan to try and draw you away from one university by giving you two options. I mean, I believe that that God is sovereign and and can work through either of these ways. Uh, but yeah, no, I would take it to prayer and and really seek and reflect with God, kind of what's what's going on. And then I also feel like um, you know, this is why we have church and this is why we've got small groups and we've got accountability and. And, you know, people who, who have been there and, and who have some wisdom in these matters that we can share kind of these decisions. And th- and in my own life, there have been moments that I've, you know, gone to some friends or gone to pastors or gone to, you know, people that I trust. And I've shared kind of like these big decisions, like where do you think God's leading mm-hmm. and what do you think about these things? But, uh, yeah, no, it, it all depends on the question, but I think we're kind of on the same page here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it's good, like you said, to have people in your life that you can talk to, that you can trust, but not just not just anybody. It can't just be, you know, if, if you're actually looking for some spiritual advice, I'd recommend, you know, go talk to your pastor, talk to your youth pastor. Uh, you're taking a good step by at least beginning this conversation. Um, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's also part of why it's important to have, you know, the building of, of relationships within the church, right? Because then you, you grow and you gain that trust and that that kind of feeling of safety with people too, yep. to share these things. I mean, the church is there to celebrate the, the great joyous moments that's there to be with you during your struggles and, and to aid you as, as you journey alongside or to be Christ's hands and feet in each other's lives as much in the church as, as it is out the church, outside of the church. You know, and we've already said this, but uh, I just, I remember a time in my life where I wasn't doing something that was, you know, um, what I would have considered sinful, and I wasn't feeling convicted about it. it uh, but but I was ta- my, I was talking with my pastor at the time about about this thing, and and I'm, I'm not trying to be I'm I'm being vague, and it's not to be it's the, it's actually not that big a deal. But um, but I I talked to my pastor at the time, and you know, and he said something to me that I've never forgot. He said, "Just because you don't feel convicted about it doesn't mean it's not sin." Interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, well, 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 what do you mean by that, right? Like, I thought, you know, if, if I feel convicted about it, then then it's sin, and and he wasn't speaking specifically to the thing that I was involved with. We were talking more about conviction and our feelings, and again, it, it, he brought it back to the, what we just talked about, bringing it back to scripture. What does scripture say about this type of thing? You know, is it is it beneficial? Because it was really, it wasn't so much a sin thing. It was, is it beneficial? Uh, to my spiritual walk, and yeah, I think that's an important one to to focus on. Yeah, uh, and, and for me, if I'm being honest, in that time, no, that it he was right to talk to me and and point that out to me because what I was you know um, involved with wasn't beneficial. It wasn't sin, but it wasn't beneficial to me. Um, and so it it just really changed the way that I thought about you know feelings and. Um, and how, you know, 
how we'll take things and just kind of based on how we're feeling, we'll decide whether it was good or bad. But, um, but you know, God gives us his word. And, and like you said, Andrew, we can go to him in prayer. Um, certainly, though, I will say this, you know, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit is living in you, one of the, you know, like, if, if, we, if we are sinning, we should feel conviction. I, I yeah. think. No. But is the person really talking about sin here as much as they're trying to make a decision in life and oh. they want to make sure it's the right one? Absolutely. As opposed to, you know, Satan being the great deceiver trying to get us, get this person off, off the off track yeah and 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 you're right we don't know we don't know enough of the details and, and we don't need to um but we don't know you know kind of where is this question being birthed from um mm-hmm. the other thing and, and i wrote it in the notes was when i read this i i thought of the scripture from john 10 27 jesus is saying my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me there there is this uh, picture that Jesus is is giving here, where he is the shepherd, we are his sheep, and we recognize his voice, just like a real shepherd with real sheep. The sheep will recognize the shepherd's voice, and 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 they'll follow the shepherd. Um, in the same way, through our relationship, through prayer, and and through our experience, and getting to know Jesus, and and hearing him, and recognizing his voice more and more, um, will will become more familiar with you know when it's him talking. Um, so if I was to simplify this in my brain, I think, you know, scripture shows us the nature of God, who God is, how he talks to us, what he says to us. And, and then through our relationship with him, we can, we can, when we, when these thoughts or these things come to us, we can go, okay, well, does that line up with, with who God is, is what I'm, you know, are these thoughts coming from God, you know, you could, you could go, well, is that, you know, is that in God's nature? This is not gonna, what I've experienced with him before. I'm not sure if I'm making sense on that. I just, you know, if I was to put it even simpler, I think of my kids and I've said this before, but like my, my children, Harmony and Jaden know my voice because of the time they've spent with me. Um, and in a crowd full of other parents and kids and all that, if I call my children's name and say, Harmony and Jaden, come here, they recognize my voice through the crowd and they follow me. Mm-hmm. You've got kids. Yeah. How does that work for you? No comment. I'd, I'd like to say it's, it's similar. I mean, yes, for the most part, they, they know my voice, but I'm, I'm, you know, thinking of jokes and stuff like that where they just ignore me. But uh, sometimes we do that in our relationship with God as well, that we, we know the voice and sometimes we know that nudging, but, we kind of have our own things that we want to do, so we kind of ignore it, oh. even though we we can sense it and we can hear it. And I mean, there's there's been moments like that in prayer or through reading the Word, like you talked about convictions, right? Where you know there's there's you know sins that we gotta you know move away from or things we just gotta drop and let go of in our lives, but you know, but we want them and we like them, and you know, we try and convince ourselves sometimes that it's important to us or it's or it's not going to be harmful to our relationship with god so Mm. as much as you talk about being able to hear the voice of the father i think the next step is to actually listen to it yeah and and jesus said at the end he said and they follow me well that following is obedience to what they just heard yeah right so it 
you know, it's it's great if you can hear and understand who he is. It's but that's kind of, you know, if if you're not obeying, what was the point? Exactly. Yeah. And and I don't know. And Andrew, I'm not sure what you think of this, and we can talk about it. Like I I wonder. I wonder if after a lot of hearing but not obeying that you become desensitized to the hearing. Uh, if you know what I mean. Um, that maybe, you know, if you, if you decide that you want to live in a life of defiance, does he continue to talk just as much? I don't know. Does that make any sense, Andrew? No, I get you. And I mean, we could go really deep into that, but I think there are people in our church that, that are doing that. They hear it, but it's just, it's, it's, they're not listening. It's not affecting their life. They're, it's not making them follow, but they hear it. And, you know, it's kind of the Sunday Christian mentality. I came, I heard the word and I left. Not that it's going to affect them, my lifestyle, not that it's going to mm-hmm. change. But, uh, so I think there are people, but I don't think God stops talking, but we just, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the other, and this is way out there, but, bear with me on this because when i when i read this question i think if you if you want to know who's speaking to you spend more time with god and be able to recognize his voice and you know and obey his voice but i've actually heard other people um toss out that but also saying that you need to recognize what the voice of the enemy is and so you should spend time you know, researching how the enemy works and all this type of stuff. Now, certainly we can see in scripture how the enemy works and, and, and he's talked about, but, but I, I've known people that have gone out of their way then to find, you know, like the satanic Bible and all this other stuff. And, and I haven't uh, just a, an observation, an outside observation. I, I haven't seen that that's worked very well. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. I mean, I mean, God does tell us in the Bible to stay away from from things like that and the occult and, and stuff. So exactly, I believe there's wisdom in that. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I don't know. I've I've had moments where I've I've not so much maybe to that degree, but I've said, you know, well, I want to know for for certain purposes, like, um, you know, I've, you know, for evangelism and stuff, and and you know. With, with Islam or, or with Mormonism and things like that, that I've researched kind of what their beliefs are and, and, and things like that, sure. so that I could actually be a part of the conversation. But from what you were just explaining, like looking for the Satanic Bible or, or you know, going this way, we got you got to be really careful. I mean, the Bible does say this stuff is dangerous. Satan is real. Like, yep. be wise and abstain from this. Yeah, and I think you, you nailed that. You're right on, Andrew. Um, so if I was to answer this question right now, how do you know when you're believing a lie from the enemy or if God's telling you to change or do something, uh, go to God. Yeah. Go, go to God, spend, spend time with him, ask him to reveal it. Um, get to know what he sounds like, spend more time and, and obey. Don't just hear his voice. Oh, oh, um, oh, the scripture is now escaping me. You know, if you if you hear his voice, uh, it, uh, it, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in in the wilderness. I I would actually like to 
If you um, now you've got me going right today. If um, are you googling? Uh, I well, yeah. Hebrew, no, Hebrews Hebrews three fifteen. We've actually I've we've talked about this scripture on the podcast before. Um, Hebrews three fifteen, and it's um, I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, uh, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So again, just speaking to this, you know, if you're hearing the voice of God, obey. Will it take you to your comfort zone? Maybe. Is that okay? Yep. Can it be nerve-wracking sometimes? Uh-huh. But do it anyway. Yeah. And Andrew? But, but, but part of the question I think that you're asking is, am I hearing the voice of God? Mm-hmm. And to know if it's the voice of God, I think, yeah, we're, we're really focusing on a first step. Go to God. Yeah. 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 And I mean, he does say to come to him and, and to come to him with questions and come to, come to him in all things, you know, pray continually, you know, cast all of your cares upon me. I mean, there's all sorts of places where, where God opens up this, this path, this avenue to say, let's talk about this. So if we're really questioning, if I, that's what I would do. Go to God. Like I say, God, this is, this is where this, you know, this moment is or this situation or this, this opportunity, whatever it is. And I want to welcome you into it and say, is this a view or is this something that's harmful or what, what's up? Yeah. And <laughs> I think God will show it. And, and just a heads up, you don't need to come with fancy words and, and all that, you know, when I just, it just hit me, it just hit me when you when, you know, when you said, cast all your cares, what are the things that you care about? Every, every one of those he wants to hear about from you. In, in your own voice, in your own words, go to God. Very true. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our Not A Sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does it you know what it's like. You get inspired to do some kind of recording. Inspiration hits, and you look all around for something to record with, and you're not in your studio. Well, look no further, ladies and gentlemen, as long as you own an iPad, for PreSonus Capture for iPad. This is a multi-tracking app that allows you to record and, and then record again and layer over layer. It's developed with the same engineering team uh, that brought you Studio One, uh, which is the recording software that I use when I'm in the studio. But if you're out and about, let me tell you about this app. It brings professional quality recording to the Apple iPad, yet it's lean, fast, and easy to use. How fast and easy? Because that's the question you're asking. Just start recording with one simple tap. When I'm out of the studio and I need to record, this is my go-to app because then I can just come back to my main uh, DAW app, um, uh, program and with one click, I can just send all my files over. This, in my opinion, does it better than anyone else at helping me get those inspired moments recorded. PreSonus Capture for iPad, not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad that you're still with us. We're going to move into our Wesley question, uh, and we've only got a few questions left before we're done with this whole Wesley segment, and then we'll be moving on into something different, and we're uh, excited and looking into what that's going to be. But for today, we've got a question that, Andrew, if I'm being honest, I have frankly avoided avoided uh, this entire time, not because I feel like it's a crazy hard question that just rattles my soul, but I take umbrage with kind of the wording of this question. 
and the language, the, yeah. the language, it, I don't understand the language and maybe how they meant it then. Uh, but I'm going to throw the question out and, and then we can, we can talk about it and, and it, this could go forever. This might, you know, be done in two minutes, but this is the question. Did the Bible live in me today? Just as a quick refresher, uh, if you remember, uh, John and Charles and, and these, this group of guys would get together and ask 22 questions in their accountability group to each other. And we've been going through each of them and, you know, different, all kinds of different questions about their spiritual walk and their journey and very, some, some really deep hitting questions. Uh, and I'm not saying this isn't one of them, but this is one of the questions that they would ask and, and they would answer, did the Bible live in me today? I'm not sure how to answer that. Yeah, I have some thoughts too, and I'm like you. That's just the language of it. That does did the Bible live in me today? Um, like I, like in John, we have you know in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. We're speaking of Jesus, and has Jesus lived in me? Has God lived in me? That like has the Holy Spirit been in me? I, I mean, that I find is an easier question to answer. Did the Bible live in me? Maybe it's the, the teachings, you know. There's, I had a professor that once said that, you mean, and there are people out there that can read the Bible, and they have read the Bible, you know, front to back, and, it, oh, that's good, it was a book. They've researched it, they've studied it, they've analyzed it, you know, the literary works, historically, you know, all this sorts of stuff, but it's it hasn't affected their life. They haven't taken what these words have said about God the Creator, or lessons on on how to live um, as God's creation in as, you know in His image, they've just kind of read it as a book. So when I heard the question the first time, the thought that came to my mind is: Am I allowing what God is telling me through the Bible to then shape who I am and how I go and live my life? So if you and I were sitting in in the, in the Holy Club, which we kind of are. And ask this question that I would I would want to answer. Yes, I mean I've I've read the Bible, but I've taken it beyond just reading words to actually meditating over it and praying over it and saying, God, what can I take from this to to learn from? How can I you know be affected by this and how can it make me a better you know man of God, a better disciple for you? So, but but it's the wording. Like I'm with you there. It's. It'd be easier if it's, you know, has the Holy Spirit lived in you or have you, you know, learned or taken lessons from the Bible and implemented them. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Well, Andrew, I got to be honest, unless I'm mistaken, I think you've really, you've nailed that. Um, because th- that was kind of where, and, and we talked briefly kind of beforehand, but that was where my brain went with this was they must be talking about the the teachings the principles, the disciplines, the things that we see in Scripture, and 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 all that, and you know, you mentioned it earlier too that we have people that sit in our in our churches and and hear the sermon and don't let it, don't let God actually affect them. They hear these words and then they go about their week as as though nothing changed. And it is entirely possible for us to read the Bible and not let it saturate, not let it soak in, and not let God move through His Word. Uh, into our lives, that's sad. Yeah, isn't that is that not sad? No, I agree. And there's somewhere I think it's in in Wesley's journal that he has just this this statement where he talks about that you know his his ground or his you know his focus is 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 on the Bible 
and he follows it in all things, no matter how big or how small. So I'm trying to think of his own words and then put into this question, you know, my, I think it's my ground is the Bible is the word he uses. I'm trying to flip through some of my Wesley pages here. Do you have, do you follow it in all things, both great and small? Uh, so what, what your my, my ground is the Bible. Yay. I am the Bible. Uh, I am the Bible bigot. He said, Oh, she, yep. Okay. I really should have. Okay. So let's try that again. My ground is the Bible. Yay. I am the Bible bigot. I follow it in all things, both great and small. John Wesley. Oh, wow. So I was close. Very close. I'm not sure that language would fly today. Uh, probably not, but I, I feel pretty good if my uh, Wesley professor was listening to you, to this. Hey, I learned something, and I recalled it. What was your mark in that class? Uh, okay. I think an A, probably. It should be. If it wasn't, professor, <laughs> could you please go back? Look, look at what you did. Look at the influence that you made. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm impressed that you remembered that. Yeah. Now I'm actually Googling things because you, you made me think. And um, here, Wesley mentions in 2 Timothy 3.16, he's, he's kind of got explanatory notes, um, which is on the, the concept of all scriptures inspired of God. He says the Spirit of God not only once inspired those who wrote it, but continually inspires, supernaturally assists those that read it with earnest prayer. Hmm. Hence, it is so profitable for doctrine for instruction of the ignorant, for the reproof of conviction of them that are in error of sin, for the correction or amendment of whatever is amiss, and for instructing or training up the children of God in all righteousness. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think kind of what we've been talking about with this question is, I think we might be close yeah. to what he may have intended is, you know, we see the scripture as inspired. We don't see the Bible as just words on a piece of paper and oh that was a good story but it has been inspired by god you know god has used human writers to to bring about his teachings and his word and then as we read them we see them as the supernatural inspired word that they are and allow it through our prayer to shape our doctrine to give us instruction to convict us to show us and ways that we can correct and, and instruct and train us up to be his disciples uh, just I, I don't really have a whole lot to add to this question. I think I think we've I think you've done a good job, Andrew, with this. And uh, the one thing I I, I brought up a scripture uh, just before we got on here, and because it, it made me think of, you know, we 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 already talked about it about letting you know letting those principles and all that actually take root in our lives, but how people can miss that. Jesus, this was around in Jesus's day. This wasn't just around, you know, uh, during Wesley's time, Jesus was addressing a group of religious leaders. And he said to them in John five thirty nine, he said, you know, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. There were people that were studying the Bible. Well, they didn't have the Bible, but the old Testament, they were studying it and studying and studying, and yet they missed Jesus that all those scriptures testified about and pointed to him, and he was there in front of them, and they missed it. Exactly, and there are people who do that, yeah, that they, that's what they did. They saw the word and studied it, and yet didn't comprehend what it was even saying. Yeah. So, I don't want that to be me. 
sometimes, sometimes, you know, we do our Bible reading plans and all that, and they can become one of those things that we try to get through so that we don't fall behind on our Bible app and have that catch me up button, you know, the catch me up button on the Bible app. If you say no, you don't know about that button. I'm going to come across this computer and come at you. There's a catch me up. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have always been caught up in the word. No, I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking um, about. A, a, a friend mentioned it to me. They said, have you seen this button? This is great. No, no, sorry. Um, but, you know, sometimes we can make we can make our Bible reading one of those things that we have to do and and not something that we get to do and something that actually affects us. You know, so let's make sure um, that daily as we're in the word that we're allowing God to actually build into us, you know, those principles, those disciplines, you know, that character that he wants to make, Um, you know, that, you know, holiness is all throughout scripture that, that we're to be a holy people and, and that's in the Bible. Um, Anyway, so I want the Bible to live in me if I was to use their vernacular. Yeah, and we got to remember that too, right? The the language and, and the vernacular that they're using in the 1700s compared to kind of how we're interpreting them now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, um, we're going to move on now and we're going to start to wrap up the podcast. Um, this comes from Yahoo Answers as well. This doesn't seem like a funny question. So, you know, there's been, there's been times in the podcast where uh, we've accidentally taken what were supposed to be funny questions and actually helped. Um, not sure what happened there, but, but here's a question that we might be able to goof on, or we may actually wind up helping someone by accident. What's the best way to go to job interviews if you don't have a car? Uh, it all depends on how far this job interview is and where you are. Are you in a city? Are you in a, a role environment? Uh, when I first saw the question, I thought, you know, bike, just cause I happen to like biking. But then I was thinking, you know what, if it's, any significant amount of distance. I don't think you want to come into a job interview sweating. Yeah, you're dead on. And, dead and on. just drenched in sweat. So then I thought, well, maybe, you know, the bus. But then again, if you're in a rural environment, maybe maybe it's walking, but then you have the distance thing again. And maybe sweat. So really, oh. it depends on where you are. Um, I'm, I'm in more of a, a rural environment, uh, so I'd probably ask a friend, hey, you know, I've got a job interview. Would you be you know, willing to drive me or, or, or somebody like that. Now, if I was in the city, probably transportation would be the bus or something like that. Or if I live close to this, this job interview, I would just walk. This is kind of a tangent a little bit, but I used to walk. I would walk all the time for that stuff. Um, where we live now, the school that my children attend is literally in our backyard. It takes five, five minutes maybe to walk there, and yet I'll still drive. Really? Since Do you we, drive to work? Just, I, I, just, just asking. No, I don't. I live right next to it. Um, that si- was the joke. Yeah, I know. Since we sold the second car that we had, because uh, it was a junker, now I'm walking the kids to school. Of course, it's the winter. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. What's the best way to go to a job interview if you don't have a car? Find friends with a car. Hey, nowadays they also have job interviews that, that go through Skype and all sorts of things like that. I mean, before I was the pastor here in Windsor Church of Nazarene, the job interview was through Skype because I lived in Alberta, so walking just wasn't going to work. It wasn't. You're right. 
Well, there you go, uh, listener. Hopefully now you've either given up on getting a job uh, or you have found that friend that can take you somewhere or you've got a bus pass. I don't think bus passes are crazy expensive. Uh, and hopefully we helped you today. But you go get that job. Go get it. And then you can afford to get a car, maybe. All right. Andrew, I want a different kind of recommendation from you tonight. We're not, we've done books. We've done music. I want to hear your fast food recommendation. Oh, boy. Like that I've ever had or that I typically have? I didn't think this was that complicated. It's tough. I mean, you and I both know we have a, a really unique love for, for Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A! But I, I don't get not it a, very often. Not a sponsor, but holy smokes, super willing. Or I don't know if, if Steak and Shake even counts as a fast food restaurant. Not a sponsor. But uh, you can't go wrong with a, a good old Subway. I, we don't have a lot here in Windsor, but uh, I really appreciate Subway. Not a sponsor. So if is that fast food? That's fast food, yeah. All right. What's fast food to you? Well, I guess I was thinking like, I was thinking like, I guess a burger and fly, fr- flies, a burger and fries type of place, a greasy something. Well, if you want greasy, I've really been appreciating the number four at Wendy's recently. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a fast food rec- uh, place to go tonight, or as you're listening to this, uh, Andrew has given out a couple of options for you. Go get the number four at the at the big W, or uh, or go to that sub place that that andrew frequents when he can thank you andrew for coming and being a part of the podcast glad to have you with us looking forward to getting you back on again thank you listeners it's always a pleasure oh you're interrupted now this is my outro but but that seemed appropriate thank you listen I- good grief andrew i'm sorry thank you. go ahead <gasps> i'll shut up Thank you, listeners, for taking the time to spend it with Andrew and I this evening or whatever time you're digesting this. And remember that you can send in any of your questions to, I'm so lost right now, to OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OxfordHolyClub. And remember, if you use those uh, social medias, to use the hashtag OClub, O-H-C-L-U-B. And if you're listening to us on any kind of Apple platform, maybe the podcast app, go on in and give a review. It actually helps boost our podcast and get the podcast out to more people. And so if you could help us with that, that'd be phenomenal. We'd really appreciate it. You give us a five-star review and I will read it on this podcast verbatim. All right. So until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun. <laughs>